You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! I've been doing the right thing for all these years now, and where has it gotten me? Nowhere. I might have a job for you. Where and when? You faked evidence. Yeah! Who among us is without sin? You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's a brand new episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Glenn Beauvais. Hey. I really thought you were going to say it's a new day, and I was going to laugh hysterically. It's a new day? Yes, it is. Uh, it is for for this show, sir. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. April 6th yeah. was the last episode of Better Call Saul. I think it's been like one week since you looked at me. Oh, gosh. Uh, is this a Bare Naked Ladies reference? I don't know the lyrics since to that you song. said I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, something about the X Files <laughs> yeah. and leaving the lights on. Uh, watching X Files with the lights on. Hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I should really remember that. That was a very popular song in my youth. Uh, it was really popular they, in your youth. They played it all the time. Uh, anyway, uh, it has been quite some time since we talked. Saul, uh, April the sixth was the last episode of season one. Uh, That is of 2015, and here we are uh, in February. The year is now 2016. It has been a long time uh, for a show that doesn't have a lot of uh, explosions or stunt work or fight choreography or anything. For a show (laughs) that's just about a bunch of people sitting around and talking, it takes a really long time to make episodes. Apparently. And the fight choreography is Jonathan Banks like throwing people to the ground in like two seconds. <laughs> yes, there is. There is almost no fight choreography in this show. Um, I presume it's just Jonathan Banks just really beating up actors, like that they just film it. <laughs> I don't think there is any choreography. I think he just he's that rugged and badass in general. Um, so yeah, we are back for season two of this fucking tremendous show. It's episode one. That's what we're talking about today. It's called Switch. And uh, just like how season one, episode one began, we have uh, a flash forward. Now, we, in season one, we met Saul Goodman, but we learned that that was not his real name. His name is Jimmy McGill, which may not even be his real name, but I'm pretty sure it is because his brother's Chuck McGill. Um, so I'm going to take him at his word that his, his real name is Jimmy McGill. Uh, but the person we meet at the very beginning uh, of of season one and here in season two uh, is not Jimmy McGill, is not Saul Goodman. It's Gene, the Cinnabon manager, because <laughs> he is. This is a post Breaking Bad world, 
And Saul is now living in Omaha, Nebraska as the manager of a Cinnabon in a mall. And his name is Gene. And we see him closing up shop, hauling out trash to a dumpster, uh, which uh, is in a room that he accidentally locks himself into. Uh, the door is not opening. There isn't. There is another door, though, Glenn. It's in, like a, one of those escape. But mm-hmm. if you if you uh, it's an emergency door. So if you open it, it'll sound the alarm, and the police may come. And uh, Jimmy slash Saul slash Gene takes a long, hard stare at this door and decides that he's not going to push it. Uh, and I think we all know why. He's probably piss scared uh, to involve the cops. Uh, and anything. So he sits in the room and waits for the night janitor to come in with his hall of trash. And uh, when he leaves, the camera pushes up on the wall where you can see that he has scribbled uh, onto the wall. SG was here. And that was our cold open for the season. Uh, so back in good old 2002, <laughs> we join uh, Jimmy McGill as he has decided to decline his invitation to join Davis and Maine, uh, the law firm um, that uh, he was given a chance to join, he decides to uh, to not join. And uh, Kim is confronting Jimmy about his odd behavior, but he is adamant uh, about leaving the practice of law. And uh, uh, that's uh, that. That's also a build up right to that scene that we saw at the end of last season, where he drives up to Mike, who's still working uh, in front of the courthouse, dealing with letting cars in and out, and he's talking about why why did we let all that money slip through our hands? And Jimmy vows to never let anything like that happen again. And then he pulls off and he starts humming "Smoke on the Water," and then "Smoke on the Water" starts playing, and it was awesome. <laughs> Except in real life. He's just humming smoke on the water until he gets to his old office uh, and he gets in there and rips his his crappy uh, door tag off. After drinking cucumber water that's for customers. Yes, chugging it. Fuck the (laughs) cups. He puts his mouth under the tap and drinks it like a champion. Uh, So the next time we see him, he's hanging out at a resort uh, and uh, he... Uh, runs and uh, I, I think Kim goes looking for him or something along those lines, and she's like, "What? What the fuck are you doing?" Uh, and it's very clear <laughs> that Jimmy likes her a lot, like wants to be in a relationship with her. And I think the reason, the whole reason he dumped the whole Davis and Maine thing in the first place is he thought this was like, you know, this could be the start of a relationship between the two of them. And when she's like, no, what are you what are you talking about? That's when he's like, fuck, fuck this. The only thing I wanted out of this is this relationship, and I'm not going to get it, so I'm not interested. And he goes and uh, is... Uh, essentially, he's trying to convince her that he doesn't need the law firm stuff. He, he can make it on his own. There's almost nothing he can do. Uh, there's nothing he can't do without the, the power of his deception, essentially. Uh, and proves it to her by eavesdropping on a stock trader uh, who just comes off as the douchiest douche. And Jimmy sort of ropes Kim into this whole situation uh, where he's like, hey, just play along with me. And they pretend to be a brother and sister who are interested in investing uh, over a million dollars that they have inherited. And they basically get this guy to buy them all the most expensive drinks and shit, and they leave him with the bar tab. 
Kim is actually kind of thrilled by the whole experience. So thrilled, in fact, that they sleep with one another, actually. To, I, I'm guessing a, a drunken... I want to say drunken stupor, but the next morning, uh, <laughs> she seemed she seemed kind of okay with it. I don't know. Uh, so, meanwhile, our good buddy Price. Everybody remember Price from last season? The, the clunkiest, whitest dude ever who hired Mike to do some jobs for him uh, is showing up once again to hire Mike, uh, this time in a gigantic Hummer H2 that is complete with ridiculous paint job and spinning rims. Bright yellow and flames with spinning rims. rims. With, a, with a license plate that said Playa on the back with a UH. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mike refuses to get into this vehicle. We can take my car. I'll drive you. He's like, like, this is, you know, like, don't, this is a bad idea. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Price is like, he's like, you know what? I, why do you even, all you do is stand behind me. Like, you don't even do anything. I personally, I think you're just in this for, it's an easy job. You're in this for the money. Just get in or, or don't, cause I don't need you. I, he, the guy who comes to trade the the money for the for the drugs, he he doesn't even come with anybody anymore. He comes by himself. I think you know, and he's like, no, no, trust me, you need me. And he's like, well, of course, that's what you'd say. You want this cushy job? And he's like, I'm gonna give you to the count of ten. And by the time he gets to that, Mike's already walked off. And he's like, okay, fine, I don't need you. Um, and uh, so Mike has been fired by Price. Uh, he no longer needs this bodyguard. Uh, so at the deal, at the, at the next deal, Nacho takes advantage of Mike's absence and steals Price's personal information. Sometime later, his house is burglarized and he calls the police. However, the responding officers become suspicious about the nature of the burglary and investigate further, finding a hidden compartment behind Price's couch. Uh, meanwhile, after some thought on the matter and another talk with Kim, Jimmy ultimately changes his mind and decides to take the job with Davis and Maine, uh, where in a very similar type scene, uh, very tied together from the beginning where Gene, the Cinnabon manager, uh, sees that door, uh, sees that door that says don't push with the exception of an emergency or whatever. In his office, he sees a light switch that says do not turn off no matter what. And he peels off the sticker and turns it off. And then nothing happens. And he flips Breaking it back on. Breaking the law. Yeah. And he, and he, puts, the, he puts the tape back on. Uh, there is so much stuff to talk about, Glenn, in this episode. Begin. What where, where, did you think of Switch? I, I liked it. You know, it kind of reminded me of hmm. two things. I'm going to use two analogies. Because we got to keep the food analogies going with this show. Because I think we made a, a, so many over the course of doing this show last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like going to a town you don't go all that often, and uh, there's there's that one you never get anything different there. You always eat that one thing. Yep. Like for me, it's when I go visit family in Alabama, and there's this little place called Hagler's, and it's a little barbecue joint, nothing fancy, but it's so good. And they have like the one thing. Yeah, and I you know I never get to eat it anywhere else. Nothing. And so it's, you know, maybe a pilgrimage I make once or every couple of years. And it's just so good and so satisfying. And I forget how much I miss it, mm-hmm. you know, while I'm eating it. That's what this show reminded me of. Like, just absolutely going back to something you, all your senses can remember, but it's just, it's so savory when you finally get to eat it. 
<laughs> and the other thing would be like a family member that you love, but you just never talk to. You never see like your favorite uncle. Yeah. But you don't see him all that often. Maybe, you know, every three Thanksgivings, you know, like, man, ah, I wish we keep up with each other more. But then you just, you know, you never do. But yeah. that's that's what the show was. It was just it was, it was like coming home. It was tremendous. <laughs> there are there were three specific moments in this episode that I just I loved to death. Uh, I loved the the morning after with Kim and <laughs> and Jimmy where they're. He wants to. It was really cute. He's like, I want to use your toothbrush, and she's like, No, that's fucking gross. Like germs and swapping fluids. And he's like, Come the fuck on. Like we just <laughs> we just boned last night. And he's like, I don't have my toothbrush. And she's like, Too fucking bad. So he he takes her finger and puts toothpaste on that and uses her finger as a toothbrush. And she's like, I don't care. I don't even mind. Like she she just didn't. This doesn't even bother me. She just didn't want him to use her toothbrush. Wait till you see what I use for floss. Yes. Oh my god. That, that was such a that great got line. Me. Yeah, I chuckled. <laughs> I almost had a spit take. I was in the midst of taking a drink when he said that. So good. I love that. That's a great scene. Um, I chuckled. The police were in Price's house, and he's like, "My baseball card collection is stolen. All of all of them." And when I started laughing, I. I was laughing in the hopes that you were watching it and and giggling about the same thing because he starts talking about uh I don't know if you were around for the episode uh Glenn but there was an episode where we were feverishly talking about uh card quality uh yeah. and he starts I was waiting for him to say like something like gem mint 10 or something like that but he was talking about like creases and like the card toppers and... He did say he said his Mickey Mantle is a gem mint 10. Did he? <laughs> Yeah, and he said it would go down like nine tenths of a point if you just open it up with, to the elements and got a crease. God forbid you got a crease in it. Like, I was, oh, yeah. I was laughing. These police were looking at this guy. And like, the police, the like, it was so subtle, but you could, they didn't even, like, they really changed the expression, but you could just see the look on there. Oh, great acting. Like, I was right there with them, like, this guy is an idiot. And it, was, just, it was amazing. Like, I thought the police. We're buying it for a second, and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, no, they're they're not buying this shit at all." They <laughs> see this. Listening to they, they see this crappy little house he lives in, but the Hummer H2, fully pimped out in his driveway, <laughs> sticks out so much. Like he, he practically lives in an Adobe hut. It is, okay, the fact that he wears a, a, a like just a regular like working polo shirt, probably like, like golf, yellow, like yellow LeBrons or khakis and yellow, yep, yep, yellow Jordans. It was just it was so much. But he and he and he because he wants to show him off, and he's got his pant legs tucked into him. It was yes. just too good. Price is amazing. God, the the details of I mean it's I mean it's same thing with Breaking Bad and even. Mm show you know the, the even this last season it's the details man that just they get me that's so I, yeah i almost i almost want a price spinoff show <laughs> i just gotta know what this I, I gotta know what this guy's life is like like what is he doing when he's not doing getting the drugs to nacho or whatever I'm it at a pharmaceutical so they're like oh see man i should have got it i could have a sweet car like that like yeah i heard the whole hummer's only around because arnold schwarzenegger and it's funny because like you said this this is 2002 and the conversation they're having about the vehicle and all this stuff they're talking about like i remember those being talking points for when hummer was like you know launching itself yeah with their vehicles or 
he's to, like, to, I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger's the whole reason. He's like, I don't even know why. He's like, that's just what I heard. <laughs> this guy exactly. <laughs> I oh, I loved it. Um, the uh, the the third scene that I loved so much was just, and it's not just because it was, it wasn't like, oh, this is such an amazing scene or whatever. It was just Jimmy getting introduced to his when he goes into his real office at Davis and Maine and just the do the assistant there. It's like, why the fuck didn't he take? I mean, I think you can kind of tell he didn't. Uh, he was more, maybe more interested in Kim or maybe he was afraid of the job. But this sounded like I mean, outside of doing, outside of, outside of doing the lawyering and shit, this sounded like the greatest job of all time. He's talking about like the company car. Well, if you don't like it, we can replace it. Oh, we have no, a no big deal. Be switching. We have a we have a whole art gallery that you can choose from if you don't like uh, this one. Is there something you want stocked in the fridge? Uh, and then Jimmy's like uh, in a great moment that harkens back to reference from from last season. He's like, uh, can we get like a different desk if we want to? And he's like, oh, like, what are you talking about? He's like. Can I get one that's like uh, Coco Bolo? Because I talked about that wood from last year, and he's like, and the guy stares at him for a second, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I can get right on that." He was talking about when he was trying to lease that office out, right? Was yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just uh this show is so good. Uh, I mean, we're not even talking about like how well it's paced or the quality of the performances. We'll get there. At, I know we'll get there. <laughs> Plenty of episodes to go still. No, but, I mean we can talk uh, about it right now because there were just. Man, it's it's a gorgeous show. I love it. It's weird because, I, you know, it's always a problem with prequels, right? Like, you know what's you know what happens, you know who dies, and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But with this show, like the fact that it's open ended enough to where Kim may not die, I, uh, she might, uh, but you know, Nacho, he may, he's probably gonna die. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how we're gonna Nacho. get introduced yeah. to uh, Tuco. Tuco, and then we'll we'll move on to, you know, hopefully Kingpin. That'd be great. Gus Fring. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be. But it's beautiful. just, I guess, because the universe has already been fleshed out, so this world is already existing. It's occupying the space, mm-hmm. and they're just really good about using familiar, not necessarily familiar places, but the setting. Just I can tell. Okay, then Albuquerque. This is Breaking Bad. Like it, they're just so smart with the way they. They use buildings and actual, you know, sets and live locations. It, it's just, it's the greatest thing. It, it really is an achievement in itself because it's keeping me entertained because I still don't know what's going to happen. And the fact that they left it open-ended with those flash forwards with Saul, like, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. You know, the- he very well may, you know, get sought out. And it was just, that was such a good opening sequence. And my favorite thing, like, just single shot was the, the fact that it's black and white. And they used a marble, uh, the countertop, which I know would be in a Cinnabon, but it was just, man, it was just mm-hmm. so pretty just seeing it in that black and white and just really made that uh, stand, out, stand out a lot. But no, just like, and Jim and Kim, and Kim, Kimmy, and uh, Kim's relationship, like, it, it seems real. You know, they don't just seem like characters, like, they're really fleshed out characters that seem like real people. Yeah. And that's just what anybody, like, even the guy like Michael Mando, like he's only in that one scene, but he completely sells it because I believe everything that he's doing, and I know where he's going. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the guy's just such a bumbling idiot. Like he brought this upon himself, and I don't feel bad for him. 
And it's just you He's know so great. The just Vince Gilligan and the whole staff, they're just they're really good about writing in the gray and and you know, giving you good and bad on everybody. One and, thing uh one thing they've set up for this show uh is because uh, some shows have like a signature thing where you see, uh, you see that they're in a location, or you see you, there's something that tips you off that something great is about to happen. Uh, and I believe they've I believe they've done this already with this show. And anytime you see Mike in the parking garage, mm. is you be warned here comes a great scene because it's happened twice now, and both times were amazing scenes. Now, granted, the first time. The first scene uh, where we meet Price for the first time and there's the other guys that want to do the job or whatever, that was a far superior scene to the one we saw in this episode. Uh, but, I mean, you know, that's, you know, Mike had other people. Uh, there, were, there were other people for him to play off of uh, in that scene. And there was a lot more to go on. But, holy shit, I love that scene. It was such a great scene where he's just like, I- I'm not getting in there. I think part of it, like, I know part of it is like him... Like uh, thinking like this is like you're sending the wrong message uh, yeah. when you're going to this deal. But I'm also pretty sure part of it is he just doesn't want to be fucking seen riding around in that thing. Well, yeah, you don't want to be seen it, but it's also like it's so personalized and custom yeah. that I mean you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb. thumb. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that the reason why you have this vehicle is because that guy is buying drugs from you. Yes, and you're basically flaunting like, look what your money got me. Like that's. Yep, like you said, that sends the wrong message. Right, and then Nacho is basically like, "Well, I'll just get his address and I'll go and ransack his whole place and steal the rest of his supply, and I won't have to pay him anymore, and he won't build yep. any more fucking Hummers." Uh, yeah, because he was. Oh, that that's another great scene too, where Price is talking to Nacho about like the climate control and shit. And... <laughs> oh, two girls, huh? Like it's just this. He's just playing with it. The guy's just so oblivious. Oh, you can yeah, like he doesn't realize. He's just he just thinks he's so awesome and badass now because he's breaking the law and being a criminal. And it's just no man, you're not a criminal, you're just an idiot. Such, like, such a great character and awesome performance. I love this show. All right. Um do you have any parting words or should we should we get to the score? Uh no, I mean you know, was the when he's showing Kim how to con somebody. Yes. It was just too good. She oh. she was very resistant at first, but then kind of jumped right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, what, God, what was her name? Giselle St. Clair. Well, we're Dutch on the father's side, but we yeah. come from South Africa. She really she really jumped in. Right oh, there. Charlie Steron, you. Oh, yeah. He tried he tried laying on the, the compliments mm-hmm. and shit. Uh, holy fuck. That was, a, that was a great scene. That was a great scene as well. Um, I I, I want to go back and re-listen to that episode because I have a feeling that the the stock trader guy was dropping because you could hear him in the background uh, while they weren't focusing on him because he was really loud and shit. I'm positive he said at least one or two things that I want to go back and listen to. I'm sure he must have said a couple of things because you could hear him in the background. I just really wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. Yeah, you can hear. He was talking about, you know, before they even keyed on him, he was talking about stocks. Before he said, you know, I could sit in my toilet and be pissing away and making a million or whatever. Right, right, right. Like he was getting really obnoxious about it. Mm -hmm. Um, A very good start to the season. I will say that. Uh, Glenn, what would you give this episode score-wise? Uh, you know, I was going to say a four, but, you know, I think four and a half. Uh, the, the more we talked about it, it was just yep. 
the, the more I, I'm just thinking how well executed everything was. If if only we had gotten a little bit more price, I would have given this four and three quarters. Uh, I'd given it a four and a half as well. I I want to see the adventures of Mike and Price. Like <laughs> this is a show. Like I know we wanted to see like Mike and Woody. Yes, like I know we wanted to see the Mike spinoff or whatever. Uh, where he's doing shit, but I I could watch these two dudes, just like Mike trying to teach him to not be such a dumbass, would be uh, be such good television. Um, but yeah, I gave it a four and a half as well. Uh, a solid, very solid opening to mm-hmm. I'm sure what will be another great season. Uh, the next episode, Glenn, does not star Adam Sandler, but we will come back and talk about it anyway. Uh, when we talk Better Call Saul Season 2, Episode 2, called Cobbler. I knew that's what the title was going to be. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, it's Cobbler. That's what he's talking about. Not Sandler. But you gotta move quick before you singe your own hair. Who knew there was a homeless guy sleeping in there? Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. The FBI finds kids trapped in your creepy van. Stay real cool and tell them you're the ice cream man. But all that crying just gave you away. Who you gonna call to skip a prison stay? Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. To fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stay to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. You best call now, you hear?